You're listening to Beyond the Studio, a podcast for artists. I'm Amanda Adams. And I'm Nicole Muller. We're both independent working artists ourselves. And here on the podcast, we have honest conversations with fellow visual artists about their careers and the real work that happens beyond the studio. You can find us online at our website, beyondthe.studio, or on social media at Beyond the Studio, where we share episode links, visuals, and so much more. If you're an artist and would like to be featured on our social media, or maybe even on the show, you can submit yourself to our listener spotlight and share what you're learning beyond the studio. Just follow the link in our show notes or go to beyondthe.studio slash contact. Beyond the Studio is a fiscally sponsored project of independent arts and media, IAM, a 501c3 nonprofit organization. You can make contributions to the podcast by going over to our website, beyondthe.studio slash about, and click on the button that says donate here. All donations made through IAM are tax deductible. Your support is greatly appreciated and goes directly towards sustaining the work of the podcast. If you love the show and haven't rated, reviewed, or shared the podcast, what are you waiting for? Please take a moment to show us your support. If you've already done this, thank you. It means so much to us, and it's one of the best ways to help us keep going and growing. Because you can trailblaze. You can, like, run into a forest with your own map. But to have a friend who's like, oh, no, there's a trail over here. This is the way that we do it. Oh, cool. I'm going to follow your lead. You know, it's like rather than trying to just dig this trench through this open land. On today's episode of Beyond the Studio, Nicole and I are talking with Chris Martin, who is a multidisciplinary artist currently based in Oakland, California. And Nicole and I were first introduced to Chris's work because we were surrounded by it when we hosted our live event at the Institute of Contemporary Art San Francisco. And in addition to being surrounded by the work, we were just so impressed and enamored by your work and wanted to talk to you. So thank you so much for agreeing to come on to the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. For listeners that are not familiar with your work, would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself, what your work is like, and kind of a little bit of your artistic background? Yeah, I guess my journey starts with being home in North Carolina, just like doing like my own little introvert thing as a child, loving to sketch and draw. And then eventually like I had won this like dare contest. It was like, um, like, like dare not to do drugs. Yeah. 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 (laughs) So like everybody was asked to do like a drawing and then like I entered mine and then it was just like the dare lion and he had like some air force ones on and that was like the first thing that I remember winning like creatively and then I was like oh this is fun and then just kind of just kept rolling from there and then uh, eventually I went to an HBCU and from there I initially went into school for business and I wanted to follow my sister's like footsteps because I like looked up to her and I thought that was like what I need to do and found out really fast after like failing accounting that it just wasn't for me and I was like let me give this creative thing a try and then my parents were like yeah we were kind of waiting for you to make that (laughs) turn and then so like yeah after going to school for majoring in graphic design I graduated from there realized there wasn't like too much opportunity for me in North Carolina and so like within the arts 
So a couple of my friends, they proposed like, hey, we're about to move to California, San Francisco. And like, would you like to come with us? And it's like the rent's too high for just us two. So like we're trying to bring as many people as possible. And I was like, sure, this is perfect timing. Like we all just packed up our bags, made the road trip. And from there, like I linked up with one of my buddies, uh, Arrington West. He was out here in the Bay for about like three years before me. And through him, he's like extroverted. He knows everybody. So like through him, I knew everybody. It's and a good friend I was to have. To, <laughs> right. Yeah. You need like that person that guides you through the process of like these new environments. And he was doing his thing artistically, but mostly in the sketchbook. And he saw like other people around him, like himself, that were doing the same. And he was like, how can we take it from this to a gallery setting? And eventually he came up with the concept to do this show called Blackmail, Black M-A-I-L. So like we were basically, and there was like a theme and everything behind it and ethos. And from that point moving forward, that was kind of like the beginning of my process of displaying art into the Bay Area. And everything kind of just took off from there. That's kind of great that you had this like built-in friend group on coming out here. I can imagine making a big cross-country move like that can feel like you're starting over in a lot of ways, but it seems like kind of coming out here with friends and then having at least like one or two connections um, out here already sort of helped to like find your footing. And did you feel like that kind of helped you get acclimated and and just adjust to living life on the west coast oh yeah definitely i mean it was nice like having like a clean slate but it's always cool to just have like just like a few friends that you can still rely on but yeah just like having like that small support system and just like through my friend ace like errington west like i was able to really just like meet so many different artists and he just knew so many other people that were in like the gallery scene and it was just like it was kind of like a shortcut like I didn't have to really I didn't really I wasn't like I didn't know of the galleries I didn't know of like the scene but through him I was able to have that window into this world and I guess like if anybody, like, I think I get a lot of, like, questions of how do you break into the industry as an artist? And I guess, like, I'm, I can only look at my timeline, and I know that that one person was the person that made the jump off, you know? So, like, maybe just having somebody that's already in the scene to kind of, like, guide you along the path, right? Yeah, it makes me think of, like, I mean, I'm sure probably all of us have that friend that sort of knows everybody. And like, I've been living in Baltimore for probably like 12 or 13 years. And I still think of like a couple friends that I reach out to whenever I need to get connected to anyone new. I'm like, you know, I bet I bet my friend Micah knows them or I bet like he knows someone that knows someone. And like, that would be a good mm-hmm. connect. Um, and there's just it's it's so helpful to have those friends that like, naturally are really extroverted and like good people people uh especially for those of us like myself that's a little more introverted and reserved 
Yeah, yeah. It's like not trying to be like it's not trying to wear all the hats. Like you can be your best self and it's like it's like Power Rangers, <laughs> you know? Like you had all the different cultures of of people, they all fought for the same cause. But then like they would form like this big robot together and like that was like that was like their contribution. Like they were all strong as like a unit, you know. It's kind of like the same as like the black power fist is like like divided and then like together it's like you make the fist is stronger you know so kind of like just just be your best self and like find other people that are in alignment with that that have like other characteristics that can like make you more well-rounded you know yeah did you do you feel like you had a sort of vision for what you wanted your life or career to look like coming out to the west coast or was it really just like change of environment knowing there would be opportunity here and then things kind of evolving organically through the um like through the friendships and personal connections you were making yeah it was just all organic it was all faith like i had no plan (laughs) and everybody back home thought I was crazy but I was just like you know what I think I just need to be there I think I just need to go through the motions rather than having like like this is the first step this is the second Mm -hmm. step I'm just like I just need to be there let me like find like some stable housing and like some income that can keep me stable and then I can worry about the art and all the other stuff later. And I just had like all these different odd jobs that I had acquired, um, different freelance things through like video, photography. And that was kind of like a way for me to still have like a flexible enough schedule where I could still engage in the gallery scene. I could still invest in the studio like at it was like five of us that lived like in the sunset district like i'm paying like 300 for rent in this room that's not really a room it's like a sunroom <laughs> like my window leads to the living room like just like all the things that you just like you just figure out a way to make it work and like cutting costs and like, okay, like my rent's super low so I can invest time and energy into this dream of being an artist. Like, okay, maybe that'll work out, you know? And so like just finding the ways to like make your life, put yourself in the best position to have your life evolve in the way that you want it to be. And the dream or goal was just to sustain myself off of my art. And I, I was like, well, I think I can do that if I just, if I align myself with the right people that are doing the same thing as well, then, and then just like putting myself in a position where I can still invest just like a little bit of time into the craft, then hopefully it'll evolve. But yeah, it's, it's like, it's still a process in itself, you know, as we all know. Yeah, I think there's something to be said for proximity and just putting yourself in those environments and situations where things might happen, even if you don't come in with this sort of master plan of what you're working towards, but just 
like you said, engaging, like being around, being around people and places and knowing like this is where things are happening. So I'm going to go here and then just kind of see what comes of it. Yeah, like uh, it was like some is like an interesting fact that I read from um, one of the books I read this year, We Should All Be Millionaires. And it talks about a black female's perspective of maneuvering through the business realm, building up a business to a multi-million dollar business and just like shedding light on different ways that you can obtain that. And she like mentioned like what I mentioned before, like having someone who knows how to navigate those trails, right? Like in order to climb a mountain, like you need a guide, someone who knows how to get to that elevation, right? And you can't just climb to that elevation. You have to do it in sections so your body acclimates, certain little things like that. But she also mentions that like just by osmosis of being around other people that are millionaires, you have like a 90 plus percent chance of also becoming a millionaire. And it's just like, so like what she does is she'll have clients, she'll just bring them into her office, into her space. And just by like osmosis of just being in that environment, they elevate their stocks, they elevate their their business as well. Just like certain things like that. It's like so interesting how like the energy around us, we don't we take it for granted. Like the people that we hang out with, like the activities that we engage in, we take it for granted, but that kind of like molds our 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 living world, you know? And I just happen to align myself with other black creatives that wanted the same thing. And by osmosis of all of us doing it, we were able to accomplish that, you know? And like, oh, like you get a gig over here. Let me put, I have like this pool of friends that I have. Let me like bring y'all on to this experience. We didn't, we don't have like that million dollar blue chip person in our circle but we're all able to like figure it out together like like as a group we can climb the ladder we can climb this mountain and we can figure it out bit by bit and as somebody gets up here it's like oh let me pull you up and then like somebody's like oh now I'm here let me pull this person up it's it's a slower process but we're working with the community and the resources that we have to like make it work. And by osmosis, we're all in that same journey. And I feel like what you're describing is such an example of like really healthy relationships, like just such mutual respect, such a mutual acknowledgement of like, we're all in this. I'm going to have your back because I trust that you've got my back. And like, we're going to keep helping each other out. It's like, Oh, it's so beautiful and like moving, gives me all the feels. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's genuine because it's like, I mean, you, it's like, and it's not like we're doing favors for each other. Like we're all still very talented individuals, you know, we just, we just know that like we want more of ourselves to be seen within the industry, you know, and it just, it just like naturally works like when like-minded people band together like it's just it just it works better 
Like, like you can do it alone, but it's just going to take a little bit more time. Yeah, I love all of these visual metaphors, too, of like climbing this mountain as a group. And I feel like so much of what we like talk about on the podcast or what we're trying to uncover is like how are people navigating this world that's very complex and like how are they kind of finding opportunity and so I just think this sort of acknowledgement that this is a real collective effort and that like this is sort of the pathway is through like through your community and the people around you is such an important takeaway that yeah you can like try and like blaze your own trail and like just forge ahead and like make your own path but having those like not even necessarily mentors but just guideposts like having other examples of like people in your circle who are doing the things that you want to be doing or even just figuring it all out together and then like as someone is getting to that next level bringing each other along for the ride um, I feel like that's such a powerful uh, thing for other artists to hear mm-hmm. yeah I love the analogies <laughs> same yeah we love a good visual metaphor (laughs) yeah um I wanted to know like do you feel like your background in business like studying business really shaped your like the way that you approach your art practice or I'm really curious like how has that informed the work that you do as an artist if you feel like it does oh yeah like it definitely didn't hurt for sure I feel like every artist is literally a business whether they want to accept it or not and the sooner you accept it the sooner like these invisible forces that are pulling on you like you can be aware of them and just be like oh okay like turning on light bulbs in the room but yeah certain things that need to be known like accounting taxes and like how to manage your time and energy it's all within like that business realm and if it's not so literal, it's like the energy still feels the same. Like, like I feel like everybody's so quick to call themselves like a brand or like a business and how they operate. But I mean, the bottom line is like businesses are trying to be more humanized, you know, like businesses have like certain things that they feel are like characteristics and characteristics come from characters which are humans like like real things like so businesses are trying to be more humanistic humans are trying to be more like businesses like just be yourself and like all the other things will come into alignment like afterwards but yeah just finding like the the similarities within business and how like the artists moves like I feel like if more artists were knowledgeable of business and like how other people are using business for them or against them then it would it would change things it would change the conversation of like the price points of of the other elements of how they maneuver through their practices, whether they say yes to something or no to something, like the business element of what I went to school for but didn't graduate in, like it definitely made like a difference. Yeah. And you make a good point, like whether we choose to uh, identify our art practice as a business or not, like there, we do still have to move through these pre-existing structures and 
the more information we have, the better we can move through it in a way that is advantageous to us and our community and also to avoid the pitfalls of being taken advantage of, which are very much built into the structure of how the world operates and like designed to be hidden from us. So whatever we can do to like help each other out and help ourselves out. Oh, yeah. And it's like being able to like have friends that are doing the same thing and just being able to just get coffee and be like, like I, I'll meet up with other creatives that have been doing it like 30 years longer than me. Just meeting up for lunch and talking about a project that I worked on and then being like, oh, you needed to add like way more money to whatever you quoted for them. And like they quoted this, they gave this person like twice as much as what they gave you. Mm. And it's like Mm -hmm. just and just like within the arts, it's just like it's so arbitrary how you can price yourself i mean there's certain rules that you can abide to right where it's like oh i've been in the game for about like five years so i should be in this price range and there's other things that can add to that like i've displayed at these galleries these museums so maybe that puts me a little bit step above into this price range and you take all those components and you can give yourself a rough estimate of where you land. But at the same time, it's like your work is like whatever you want it to be as far as the price point is. is not like other industries with other set prices. So when we're divided in our studios, vibing out, doing our thing, it's like, we might think that we're in this price range, but really you should be here. And they're not, the people that are sending the emails, the people that are conducting these processes, like they're not, they're just, they're hoping that we don't keep this circle of information because it works in their advantage to be like, oh, well, this is the budget. And it's like, but you quoted that person a different budget. Like, so maybe that means you just waiting for me to push for a little bit higher amount and then just wait until you check that off and like, okay, we found the money. We, this, here you go. And it's just like, but we're not going to know that unless we all like, just like share like our experiences. Whenever, whenever I see other people who have displayed with like the same like institutions or this and that, I'm just like, what was your experience like and was it did you like it did you enjoy it like and it's like trying to break certain things like price points it's just can we can we open this conversation and share this information in a way that feels comfortable because i feel like just like in american culture money religion politics like these are all things that we don't necessarily share amongst one another but we can share it. We just need to just like learn how to digest that information in a way so that we can all just like, it only helps us all out, you know? It only Mm -hmm. helps us all out. Yeah, I would definitely echo that. Um, I had talked about this 
in another recent episode, but I recently finished a large painting commission where I like learned of another artist, a friend that was also working on the same project and just going through that experience together and being able to like talk behind the scenes about like, okay, so what are you thinking of proposing for this? Like, what are some past projects you've done? I know you worked with this company. Like, can you share like what that, you know, what did you earn for that project? And I definitely think those conversations helped us kind of collectively align on like, here's what we're thinking, like, here's the range I want to come in at and like really helped us both advocate for like a larger budget for that project or like the timeline and just gave us, I think, a lot more confidence and agency as individuals by being able to have those conversations behind the scenes. So I totally agree with you that like anywhere you can kind of confide in each other or like open a dialogue, I think, you know, we've talked about how the sort of like salary transparency is non-existent in the arts because there's like no, no standards. I mean, like you said, you can look around and kind of figure out what other artists are pricing their work for, but it does feel very nebulous and like the value is so subjective. So I feel like anywhere we can just talk honestly with other artists and peers and kind of like it just helps collectively raise that tide or realize like, oh, I was going to come in here, but now you're saying like, let's be here. So, okay, like let's kind of present a united front and maybe we can like raise the standards for everyone involved. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, we can't like unionize, so we got to find a way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> What are, um, what are some of the ways you feel like that business background or mentality has manifested or shown up in your worker practice? Perhaps like the grant process, like it's basically like similar to like a business proposal, like having certain things laid out in a way that people can easily understand what's going on and being able to lay out like a budget of what it's going to take to bring something to life very like technical things like that and we even had like a whole class on how to send emails which is like it seems like something you would take for granted and it's something that i still struggle with but it's like yeah there's like a certain way to conduct emails as well so i don't know it's still like a process that i'm trying to like like hone in on because i don't My brain doesn't really, I'm working against the brain when I'm working within like a business mindset, like channeling creative frequency is like, I understand like my greatest contribution to this life that I'm living. And I think it works best when you can find other people that are awesome at doing the things that you suck at, like Like there was like a moment where my partner was helping me out with like emails and like she'll still help me out here and there if I need it with budgets and like, hey, am I asking the right price for this? She gives me a second opinion, which is like phenomenal. Like there was like a brief window in my life where all I did was show up creatively. She was just like, you need to do this today you have this tattoo today, tomorrow you need to spend time in the studio working on this banner. And 
I didn't do any emails, and it was the best thing Amazing. ever. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> <And> so dreamy. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, I was just like, but I was, uh, I forget what book it was, but it was, um, it was a, another book that I read this year where it was like, it was just basically saying, like, double down on what you do best, and if you can get to a point where you can budget just a little bit of money for like like an assistant to just help you out with those little things that hold you back then oh it was in the book uh we should all be millionaires it was saying that the best way that you can spend your money is through gaining back Mm. more time so like if Mm. you're investing a lot of time and energy working on something that you're not the best at if you can allot a little bit of money to somebody else who is great at that then you've freed up this much more time which could be like this much more money which could be three times as much as what you're paying that person you know Mm -hmm. so there's certain rules like that I'm trying to get into like so eventually I will need to like find like an assistant that can help out with my emails and all of the little studio things that take up more time than what I want to spend on. Eventually getting to that point where I can just like, I had that brief window in, in my life where it was like, wow, that feels so good to just show up to the thing that I love and not having to grunt through all the other stuff. And it's like, as an artist, I keep saying this all the time. The best artists aren't the people that are making the best art. It's just like the best artists are the people who are able to have a solid grant, who are able to be on it with the emails. It's almost like if a person was like a business minded person more so than they were an artist, they have a better chance of excelling, I feel like, because it's just like, the world of the arts is the world of business and it's like there's so much involved outside of the actual creation of the art and yeah it's just like I'm still trying to find that balance of energy and but there's like certain things that I do to keep myself grounded like I'm noticing that through a lot of the information I'm taking in like it's only like the littlest of things that can build up to like something greater like for example like getting enough sleep (laughs) you know like I thought I needed to stay up all night to to work and and I was just working against myself little things like reading for like 30 minutes a day like am I hydrated enough and like just like asking yourself like those those little questions and not taking anything for granted like I just I just love asking those like those questions that were like wait how do you how do you drink like am I drinking enough water and what's like the best way to drink water and then I've been going like down this rabbit hole of like uh, Andrew Huberman um, he does he's like this neuroscientist and at Stanford and he just like he he explains all of the best ways to drink water, <laughs> like. Oh, like, I think someone a, sent me one of his like the Huberman Lab podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, 
wow, like the little things that I would take for granted, like, oh, you're supposed to drink water like the most within like this certain window of time, like adding a little bit of salt to your water, like makes you like absorb the nutrients of your water even more. And like, just like so many random facts. And also he has a a podcast of how to maximize your creativity and like, I need to go back into that one. Like, I was briefly listening to it. I was like, wait, no, this needs my undivided <laughs> attention. But he is like all the certain things that you would like be like, oh, wait, like, oh, maybe. So this hour of the day is like my brain is actually doing things that I wasn't aware of that makes it more creative maybe in the morning if I'm a morning person. Mm-hmm. So I forget what the question was that we originally started off with this, but it's just um i think it was business related but just being like curious and like asking the right questions is always very important yeah i love that i don't remember what the original question was either but like how something business related kind of circled (laughs) around to talking about self-care because i feel like we sometimes don't want to acknowledge that Mm -hmm. it is the like simplest things that can be the most transformative, just like getting enough sleep and taking care of ourselves and our bodies and our mental health and all of these things that allow us to like spend time and energy on the creative and that just by making some small adjustments, um, you really can see, you know, big changes in your work and life. Also, I was going to say when you were talking about having help in the studio and just like hiring on or thinking about what to outsource, that the way that you framed it was really interesting to me because I think when trying to decide, like, am I going to make this kind of investment, we're really used to sort of measuring the value of that time based on how long it would take us personally to do something. And that it seems like a really different way to think about it. Like, you know, I can invest this much to bring on some help by somebody who's much better at doing this. So actually, like the benefits are sort of exponential versus like, oh, if I 10 emails in an hour and I'm really bad at email, like, can I afford to pay somebody to send 10 emails an hour? You know, it's like, no, they're actually sending 50 emails an hour and it's way easier for them because that's a strength instead of you know doing it all yourself. So that's a helpful way for me to think about it. 10 emails an hour sounds really fast to me. Yeah, I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, it takes me an hour to do an email that's like one paragraph. And I'm like, just being like, we're good. We're good. It's like, I need to hold my dog now. It is good. I I need a minute. (laughs) Right. I'm like, do I I have a greeting? Do I need a sign off? Sincerely. How much information do I give? All the best. (laughs) I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Do I yeah, mention think about the it too times? Much. Do I not? <laughs> Do I acknowledge the holidays? Do I not? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's a uh, yeah. It's something that like it seems so simple, but it's just like wow. There's like a lot of energy that goes into it. And like I was reading uh, the Seven Habits of uh, Highly Effective People. Yeah, it just basically like dives further into that saying of like 
first there's like there's like layers to it like we have ourself and we have our own circle of influence and like the things that we have control over so like being able to like harness that energy and work on like our personal uh foundation of who we are like that's like step number one and then like but working with other people like that's like a higher vibration you can accomplish way more with less energy by working with other people and bringing them on. So just like that book in itself was like a game changer that I think just anybody who's trying to take what they do best to the next level, I think that that's one that you should have on your shelf. Because, yeah, there's like certain things that is like, you could be working very hard. And like, I had to come to this conclusion the hard way because I was like, just because I'm working hard doesn't necessarily mean that I'm getting the most out of what I'm trying to do. Like, it just means that I'm working hard. Like, like I could put, I could put in an X amount, one hour of time, and then that'll just give me like one output thing. But it's like, Oh, but what if like I could what how can I work and extend less energy to achieve the greatest result? And to do that, you have like a team of people that you can bounce ideas off of. Like a lot of these people like, you know, like Pharrell Williams, he just got like like appointed like the head of Louis Vuitton. Yeah. Like you think he's like making all these designs by himself no like nobody in like a high functioning like like industry like that is they're not drawing their designs they're not answering emails they show up and they have a team of people that they trust and then they direct them in a way where oh like they make like the little judges, you know, just like, oh, move this here, change that there. It's very minimal. And so it was like to work like that, what does that look like for you? Like you like we can we all have different levels of our circle of influence and the resources that we have available to us. And just being like, well, I'm not Pharrell Williams, but I have this, this, and that working for me. And let me like start there and then I can grow from there, you know? Yeah, I think I saw somewhere once someone had like tracked the trajectory of Beyonce's career and it was like drawing a comparison between all of these incredible career milestones she hit and the number of collaborators that she worked with and I guess it's not surprising that there's like a strong correlation, right? It's like, you know, of course, she's like an incredible visionary and performer and musician. But then also like there are all these other incredibly talented, like visionary people working to help support that. And that it's like through the collective that, you know, the real like achievement is happening. But I love that perspective. And I forget where this comes from, but it reminds me of that. Is it called the 80-20 rule or something where like like 20% of your efforts oh. are creating like 80% of the results? And so if you can like identify what those things are, then 
like you said, it's not just this like one-to-one, like I'm going to work X amount of hours and produce like, you know, Y amount of things. It's like, you know, actually the most effective, it might be like a very small amount of input. I don't know. Yeah. Cause it's like, just because you're working harder doesn't necessarily make art better, you know, <laughs> like if anything, the harder you work, it might make the art even worse. Like you might overcook it. You might like add too much sauce. Oh, yeah. You're just like <laughs> overcooking it is such a good way to put it. I I always talk well, have this internal battle of when I'm looking at a piece, I'm like, is it done? Am I about to take it too far? Am I about to push it over the edge of being done into <laughs> just wrecked? But overcooked is perfect. Yeah, that's why I like I like the simple like like Things that make my process even more fluid, like just black and white. Let's is like the palette is salt and pepper, and that's all you're gonna get. And maybe the lack of what you don't get from the sauce, you can appreciate from everything else that I have to offer. You know, just like like great sushi. You know, like I mean, it's just rice and and fish half the time you know like they might you might do a little soy sauce but it's very simple and i think that that's like a perfect analogy to what i'm trying to create it's just like how can i make this like as like simple but like undeniably myself but also like very complex in the way it tastes and the complexity of the taste is just because it's just tastes like that. It's not because I'm adding too much to it. It's like I want it to be in a way where you can look at it now, you can look at it 10 years from now, and it's still just as strong or just as the same as it was before, you know. So that's like one of the things that I try to like capture with my art is just like, when you have so many different things and light bulbs and notifications happening, it's just like not being able to worry about the harmony of hues is something that I find a lot mm-hmm. of joy in. <laughs> so I guess as you maybe fantasize about being able to delegate some of these tasks, how are you managing your practice now because you I, we touched a little bit on you being a multidisciplinary artist but like you have so many facets to your practice that you're moving along and I'm so curious about how you're able to do that between printing and doing shows and keeping up your fiber art and like I saw your website I didn't order to print last night I was like oh he's got prints all right gotta get one of these and I'm like oh my god like are you shipping them yourself out of your face like how are you doing all of this like and with tattoos like booking appointments that's a whole thing and also like sorry this is like a thousand questions but like how are you actually figuring out pricing your own work across these various projects because there is such a different price point within these different things true yeah (laughs) and i mean when I go through like the list of questions that like are kind of like that you can premeditate on before the podcast, I'm like, I came along this one. I was like, how am I doing this? Like, 
am I crazy? Like, I don't know how this has been going on for this long. <laughs> uh, Sometimes but yeah. that's how it is, though. It's like, I don't know how yeah. I got here. I'm just, <laughs> I'm still moving forward. <laughs> but it's nice to, like, have these questions because it can be like, oh, wait, like, what's actually going on here? And, like, can I improve? But, um, but yeah, I'd say, like, like, managing, like, multiple different mediums and, like, having like a web store and like it's just like you just take it one step at a time and having other people that are just like I mentioned before good at what they do like for the print sales like I'm like consulting with the people that help me print them like hey like this quality this size this run of the prints like what do you think a price point would be that's accurate and they have more knowledge, so they'll give me like a price point and I can either follow it, go higher or lower than that. And like managing like tattooing with like fine art and like commissions. It's hard to get into like, this is how I do it. One step, two step, three. It's, it's, it's because like the world doesn't work like that. And it's just like, I'm at this point period in time where I actually have like like a lot of time where there's no emails really flooding like like I I know that the energy is like more introvert and I'm like meditating and cooking ideas trying to flush out like more passion projects but it's really like you can only really go with the flow with like what the universe and like the inbox is giving you and just try to like manage it the best way possible having other tattooers to work with i'm like okay for this size for like this much black that i have to pack into it like what do you think is a good price for it and half the time i would be like charging too low for a tattoo and some mm -hmm. people would say like oh like maybe you should like Maybe it should be a little bit more like and so like just having like a community where you can like check your price and just know hope hope that you're like staying on par with everything else that's happening because it's not cheap living in the Bay Area. You know, you don't want to sell yourself short. And so you want to make sure that your prices are respectable to the point where you can pay rent and you can go out to eat and not have to worry about like tipping a little bit it's just uh you just having the community helps you to keep in alignment with like the price points but yeah it's still like it's still a process with figuring out how am i managing my time with all of the things outside the studio and all the things that happen within this box of the laptop and social media and it's a lot of hats that we have to wear, and I mean, I just, like, it's, it can be very overwhelming, so, like, what I do right now is I have, like, this morning practice that I do, like, I start my day with drinking water, like, um, after that, I try to do, like, 10 minutes of meditation, I do 30 minutes of reading, and I sip my coffee and I eat a couple of dates and I just kind of just like zone out. And after that, I feel like everything else is kind of just like icing on the cake. I'm like, okay, I can, I can do this, you know? And it's just like other things where it's like, they say that like, what, 
Um, you're more likely to be a millionaire if you make your bed, like certain mm. little things like that. And it's like, so it's like, it's like the small little things and then it kind of just builds into like something else. And like, I've just recently taken on like uh, rock climbing. So like uh, yeah. Pacific Pipe. Yeah, Pacific Pipe is like maybe just like a five minute walk from my studio. So I try to get over there like, every other day as as much as i can as possible but like i find like these like relations to climbing just like the studio practice it's like just yesterday i was like i was working on this one route that was like so challenging and after like four tries i got it and then i was like wow this feels so great like how can i continue this energy into mm -hmm. the rest of the day and then like so like i was setting up my printer <laughs> my I, like i had just grabbed a new printer online and i was trying to set it up and like i just got so frustrated i was just like i can't get this thing to work why am i like so illiterate with this right now and i just kept trying and i kept trying and i kept exerting that same energy from the gym into that and then that led into something else and then like so it's just like this continuous process of trying to like just keep trying and just keep doing and then just hoping that it like will eventually come together. But I try to get to this point where we do the podcast and I have some profound thing that I can give to people where like this is how you do it. I found the answer. <laughs> and I'm just like sometimes you just got to keep trying. It's just there's no... Mm -hmm. profound answer to it is just like one of one of my friends that would give me advice with tattooing um I was just like I love tattooing like I love the process like when when everything is done like the emails is done like the design is picked and like the like I'm like I'm tattooing them the music is just right and all I all I'm doing is like flowing like I love that flow state where I'm like either like making fabric with my making banners with my fabric sewing machine or like tattooing like there's like so many different layers that we have to get through in order to get to that process where we actually just do the thing that we want to do and like once I'm there it's just like okay how do I skip these other processes and mm -hmm. and just get to that and they were just like there's no shortcut you just have to find a way to love emails you just have to find <laughs> a way to love everything that leads up to that moment and mm -hmm. I think there's truth in that you know it's just like it's not it don't get any easier unless you just get to that point where I mentioned where you try to find somebody else to do it <laughs> that's very true, though. I or well, I'll say I can relate to that from my own experiences, like the the things that I have hated doing in the past that I knew were good for my business. Like I used to hate doing email newsletters and like email updates. And I used to hate packaging up the orders that would come into my shop. And then I was like, all right, if I can find a way to make this like a nice process and make it a, a pleasant experience, it will allow me to like put my better work into it and to enjoy it. And now I, I like really enjoy packaging orders because I'm like, oh, I put in these little treats and I have this, it's like, oh, I'm giving someone a gift because I know I feel like it's a gift when I get something that's 
had a, a lot of attention paid to it. And like same thing with emails where it's like, oh, I started getting emails from artists that were putting like beautiful effort into making their newsletters so thoughtful where they're sharing the books they're reading they're making them really aesthetic they're like talking about their gardening tips or sharing a recipe and I'm like (laughs) I want to do that like this is reminding me of like wholesome tumblr days and like I I enjoy this sort of giving back and forth and yeah I don't know just finding ways to make the the stuff that sucks not suck because we're going to have to keep showing up and doing those things anyways so we can do our best about it and not hate it (laughs) It could be easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who knows? Maybe going through that process makes you enjoy the thing that you do the most even more, you know? I mean, there's like this tale of like somebody who's like trying to like fetch water and somebody comes along and is like, oh, you know, I can like set up like this piping system. And he's like, no, I'm afraid that it might make the water not taste as good and Maybe water would taste better if you mm. worked a little bit harder for it, you know, just like, but it's something that we take for granted. And so maybe through the process of working through the emails, through the packaging, through trying to figure out the right, right price points, like maybe that makes the end result more flavorful. I don't know. I'm just... I'm trying to figure out the answer too. <laughs> I know it's like a if podcast. We're using yeah. cooking metaphors. It sounds. <laughs> I'm like. I'm like. Oh yeah. If you put it in like a pressure cooker or a slow cooker, there's like yeah. more work going into it. Like. Oh yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> Our art is food. It's true. We're like going for the real artisanal experience, not just like the cheap, quick, fast food experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. For real. Hearing about yeah. your daily practices is really inspiring to me too because I feel like something I've been struggling with lately is just that routine like those daily habits especially in these slower periods where I'm kind of in between projects and I think finding the same level of like motivation or just like maintaining that same like level of like health and structure and all of these things as I feel like I do when I like have you know deadlines or like a lot of projects on the go has been a struggle for me so just kind of like hearing about the importance of that is really helpful yeah because it's like there's like a process where it's like you get the email like you either you like you have like the moment where like you set like a time and a date for a thing to happen and then you like invest the time to make the thing for that and at this point right now where it's like oh, I have like all these ideas where it's like, I don't necessarily have the funding for them. I don't have like a place yet where I want to display them, but I see the art, I see it finished, but I don't have that pressure to finish it. And how how do I get personally motivated to like actually like make this thing? And I have all this time to work on it, but like the cooking analogy keeps showing up is like I keep working on it and I don't know if it's like finished or not and it feels like I'm overcooking it and so I feel like having like a set point where it's like a finish line to where oh this is done it's like no more pencils down like I think that's like a satisfying feeling in itself but I've been currently like trying to just 
work on the projects that they're new projects and I don't know the conclusion to them. I have like an idea of what it should be. So like a lot of the things that I'm working on right now is like music. I'm trying to produce like this album. I have like visuals that I want to go with the album. So it's, it's something that I don't necessarily know the full process of like step one, two, three, and I don't know how long it's going to take and I don't feel like spending more time than I need to making it happen. So who knows, maybe somebody will listen to this podcast and help me out. But yeah, trying to like manage your time to like finish things that don't necessarily have a finish line has been like very interesting recently. It's just like, wow, I have like, there's like no, I I could not do this at all if I didn't want to. And it's like, so how do I just push this thing through and finish it? And it's like, I'm trying to like, tell myself that oh I could like make the thing and then perhaps reach out to other people that have grants and other things in place to help fund the project but it seems kind of like it seems like I'm working backwards in that way where it's like I'm I'm using other like money as like an excuse to not bring to life the thing that that needs to be made you know so Hopefully I can move past that barrier and and figure out a way through. Yeah, I wanted to ask in terms of generating opportunity, because it sounds like, um, especially on first moving out to the Bay, that things were kind of developing really organically. If um, you feel like, like, I guess I'm wondering what the balance is between sort of receiving like inquiries or opportunities and, and just kind of like accepting things as they come versus being proactive, like you said, reaching out to people, what's the balance between that? Or if it's really like starting with the work, like you said, kind of like things originating as personal projects and then sort of like finding a home or outlet for them. Um, Like, how would you say things are kind of coming to you? I feel like I've meditated on that a lot, actually. And majority of my opportunities come from people that I know. And just being out in the scene of the arts in the Bay Area, you know, it's just like, if you know five people, you know 50 people, and it's like, so the web expands pretty far within this area, just in particular. So majority of my opportunities have come from someone just being like, oh, I saw that thing that you did there, and then they give me the opportunity for this, and then it just continues and someone's like, oh, I saw your opportunity from this. Can you do that? And so like I've like noticed where it's like I'm not really locking down a lot of these grants. I'm not really killing it like with like proposals like that's not my strong suit. And I don't really I don't win them that much, like like hardly ever, to be honest. And majority of the opportunities that I get to make art and display art and get funding they just come from like a dm or they just come from like an email saying like hey we saw your work in this and that and one of my friends said that always put your best work out there because you never know who's watching and I was like that's so true that 
like holds so strong to this day because it's like just treat every opportunity like it's like you're an intern and you're just like showing up for the first day and you just like are ready to just show out and it's just like every opportunity I get I just want to make it the best that it can be because I know that it's an opportunity for me to Mm -hmm. do the thing again the next time you know and like to this day like people resonate with that show at ICA and like that's something that I want to check off of my list for like the longest like just I've done group shows I've done solo shows but not to that scale and to know that I had that show in me for the longest and like to finally be able to like stretch the fabric out as long as I could and just like really like push my creativity to the max of what it should be that was like a check mark for my soul it just like felt like oh thank you like and then because that's just like a stamp of what is possible for me to deliver for the next show yeah. you know just like mm-hmm. i want i want the next space that's twice the size and i can fill it out and you have like all of the documentation to see that it's possible and so like let your work speak for itself let it be the resume that gets you that next gig and just like by putting the best work out there hopefully it comes through to a better opportunity just being out and about like i'm 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 a social person but i love my personal time and like i get drained when it comes to like a lot of different social gatherings where it's like 30 plus people and everybody's raising their voice so like i have to raise my voice even higher to get my point across and i'm just like so soft spoken and it's just like you exert so much energy to lift your voice up and to conduct the conversation and it's just like and once i get home i just feel so drained but i know that if i can push through just like the emails just like everything else like if i can just like if i can just push through and like be social and show up then half the time i might talk to somebody who's like hey like do you want to try this like like and then we just like we just like riff or we just riff and we just like oh wow that's cool like like what if you did this with that and like i'm giving them ideas of how to make their thing better and they're giving me like references of people that i should talk to to do the thing that i'm trying to do and you might hand out business cards and get business cards and like that's only going to happen if you show up in person like I can make the best art that I can in my studio, but if I'm not actively engaging in the other elements, like this podcast, this conversation, like it's, it's hard to really like excel and move forward. Like, so it's like, you have Mm -hmm. to connect those dots. Like the reason I even got to the ICA show was because I did like this, it was like, uh, during the pandemic, it was like called online speed dating with the artists i was like online speed dating that sounds what is this like i don't know how i feel about this and like it was like a bunch of artists and like we had our like three minutes to talk about what we do and then they displayed the work and it was on display for collectors and other things like that 
So I was like, I'm not exactly sure how I feel about this, but okay, I'll try it. And, oh my God. <laughs> and it was like from that, like that built into the ICA show. Like, oh, we oh saw God, you from I Speed Dating the Artist. Do you want to do this thing here? And then like, and then even one step before that, like they're reaching out to me because of my connection with uh, Hashimoto and that gallery and like so like there's like certain there's certain like like things that lead to like it's like skipping a rock across the water it's like it comes to like this point where it's like oh this came from that and that from that and so like just show up in like the smallest ways just be genuine and kind and and hope that that energy gets returned. It's like seems so simple, but the simple things are so not easy. <laughs> and mm -hmm. as artists, as introverts, like I can only speak for the other artists that love to just stay in the studio. It's like it's hard to get out. It's hard to like just like even like especially like during that pandemic period where everybody's wearing the mask and it's like I'm meeting people again like in this environment and they're like. Don't you remember me? I was like, you were wearing a mask when I first met you. <laughs> yeah, we're all incognito, so. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, but just, it's like, if you can, like, if you can push through and you can, like, do those small things, like, they make a huge difference. And it's just, like, 95% of the opportunities that I've been blessed to have have come from just showing up to... A social gathering not expecting anything and just hoping that maybe i'll meet somebody new that might have like something to offer or maybe i'm just connecting with old friends and just hearing what they have to to do you know mm -hmm. i mean that's how we rekindled this the conversation for the podcast you know like i i don't yeah, know totally true things happened and like the the emails went all over the place and like uh but then like we met uh again at the uh at the the artist studio uh Aaron and like so like we were just like oh let's do this podcast let's let's get this crap yeah again. it was like, like the spark to reignite the conversation for sure yeah okay, so, right you guys got to meet in person I'm like yeah Oh, right. You guys actually have met. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was so serendipitous because, you know, I feel like you've been on our radar for a while. We followed your work. We had like already reached out about the podcast, but I think we've take we'd like taken a couple breaks or like podcast breaks um, in that time. Oh, so we right. kind of would like fall off the communication wagon and then just kind of, you know, kept trying to like set it up eventually but then yeah ran into you at um our mutual friend aaron zhao's open studio and that was like yeah. the like oh yeah let's let's do this so i it's crazy because i mm -hmm. i feel like everything you're saying it's like i know to be true but i also think about all the times that i've agonized over like oh my god should i go out to this opening like it's rainy or mm -hmm. I'm so tired or like, oh, my yeah. friend bailed on me and I don't know if I'm going to know anyone. It starts after eight. I can't. Yeah. It's like all these ways you can talk yourself out of it. But I don't think I've ever regretted yeah. like, like I always end up running into someone or like meeting someone new or having a great conversation or even just like seeing work and feeling like, okay, I did this thing and I went out today. And you know, it's like, there's so many ways we can talk ourselves out of 
what can end up becoming these really like unexpectedly significant like moments, but those will never happen if you don't actually put yourself out there. Mm -hmm. So I love like that's such an incredible outcome to go from online art artist speed dating to showing at the ICA San Francisco <laughs> as the inaugural artist. Like, that's such an amazing example of that. Mm -hmm. And it's just like it's such a small moment where it's just like I remember myself being like, do I want to do this thing? And I could easily have been like, no, nah, I'm good. But then I was like, yeah, why not? You know, mm -hmm. what do I have to lose? Let's speed date. Let's go. <laughs> and yeah. So, yeah, like take anything that resonates and feels good, whether it's small or big. And you just never know who's going to be watching. So, yeah, I feel like um, all these questions we wanted to ask you about like specific shows or opportunities and how they came about or like with the ICA, for example, because that's how we first discovered your work. You've sort of like without getting too deep into any of them, talked about it in a much broader sense, which I think is really valuable for other artists to hear just related to putting yourself out there and like showing up in in person or virtually, just however you can, and that you really never know who is connecting with your work. Amanda, is there anything that you wanted to dive into? I feel like we've covered a lot. Oh, I had like written all these questions to ask you about like specific relationships to different parts of your practice. And we could go into it or we could not because I feel like we talked about so much like I love tattoos so like as a person that has connections to that I'm always curious about how someone else gets into it mm. and like yeah you can't see but Amanda is like very well tattooed uh, yeah. <laughs> it's all obscured by her sweater but I got spoiled by having two best friends that went through their tattoo uh. apprenticeships while I lived nearby so I'm like I'll I'll help you out with whatever tattoos you gotta do <laughs> So oh, wow. it ended in a lot yep, of Yep, solid tattoos. So they they seem like they went through a good apprenticeship then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They did they did a they did some good jobs. Um uh oh and I realized also that like the friends that got me into rock climbing were also tattooers. So I'm like, is there a connection oh. between tattooing and rock climbing? I mean you have to have an immense hand strength, obviously, but <laughs> Yeah. No, it 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 definitely does help. Like uh my friends who who do climbing and tattooing at the same time, like, they're like, oh, wow. It's like, it helps so much better with, like, stretching, with tattooing. Like, like you have Popeye mm -hmm. the Sailor arms. Like, like it just, <laughs> yeah, it just, like, makes, and then, like, for, like, the style that I do with, uh, with traditional tattooing, it's just basically, you just want to put in, like, a solid outline, and you want to, like, make sure it's saturated and filled in properly, so, like, having, like, a strong hand to, like, stretch the skin and being able to, like, even work for long hours, like, yeah, it's it makes a, a huge difference. Mm -hmm. But just, like, in particular with, like, tattooing and how that branches into other elements, like, I feel like for the longest I used to feel that tattooing was taking away from my fine art and... It'd be like, I'm putting on tattoos and I'm like, oh, well, now I don't have time for like the gallery, for like the other displays with fabric and other mediums. But 
the further I go along the process, I'm learning that one informs the other. And whenever I'm doing the tattooing, I'm dreaming of the banners that I can make. And whenever I'm making the banners, the banners are literally just tattoo flash that are like in a different context, you know, a different medium. It was like the last show that I did with Hashimoto Contemporary. It was this large body of fabric pieces. And I see it just as like, I want to tattoo these things. Like I designed them in a way where they can be tattooed. And the way that you design a tattoo in the American traditional style lends itself to be applied very easily within the sewing machine. So it's like they both work with each other and they're both like seem completely different, but connected. And like somebody saw the work that I did from my last show and then they wanted tattoos of those pieces. And I'm just like, oh, this this is how I want it to be. Like, I want to have like this Ed Hardy approach where it's okay to display in like a gallery or a museum setting of tattoo art and still make tattoos. And both of them are just as valuable and equal in their own practice and their process. I enjoy the process of both of them just so much. It's just like, by the time I make like three months worth of work in the studio for like, a show and it's like for all these fabric pieces like after a while i'm like oh fuck this i don't want to make any more of this (laughs) i've stretched my fabric to the limits like i'm done like my back hurts and then like oh okay now what then i switch gears to tattooing and it's just like Mm -hmm. and then like so like the time that i spend away from one thing it's like oh i really want to get back to that that other thing and then when I return to it I I see it in a different lens too I'm just like oh what if I what if I tried it this way you know it's just like humans like are just naturally good at progressing but we're good at progressing in our own way of doing things which might not be the best way of doing it but it's our way of doing it and Mm -hmm. By like taking time away from it, you can return to it with new eyes and a new perspective. And it's just like, every time I step away from tattooing, I'm just like, how can I make this experience better? And it's just, I'm always thinking of, it's like an interesting balance between creating something for yourself, but you know that it's eventually gonna be consumed by someone else. There's like Mm -hmm. an interesting contrast of emotions. It's like, I should make this thing first because it feels good for me, but I'm also taking into consideration the gaze of the viewer and their experience, right? So it's like, as I'm making work for an art show, I'm simultaneously thinking like, where do I imagine this being displayed? Against the walls? from the ceilings, like, what's the lighting like? It's just like all these different elements as I'm like walking in, like I know that I want this experience to be a certain way for other people to walk through. 
and it's like oh maybe this is the centerpiece and then we lead into this so it's like i'm making things for myself but i'm simultaneously making it for a larger group of people and like through the tattoo experience like i think of like the tattoos that i've collected and I think of the experience, like I think of like Mm -hmm. the smells of the shop, of the sound of the machines, like, like, and then when you're sitting there, like you're sitting there for like maybe an hour or two, and then like you just like look around, you know, and you're just like, you're seeing the flash on the walls, and then it's just like, oh, well, I should get that next time I'm in here, and then Mm -hmm. it's like, or you're just like absorbing the process, and and it's like, I want to make sure that what other people absorb from me and what I have to offer them, I want to make sure it's like the best experience. Cause like, that's what you walk away with. You know, it's like, I've had tattoos and like, I remember all of them, you know, it's like, I remember the experience of how the person made me feel. Mm-hmm. They looked me in the eyes, like they shook my hand. Like they made me feel like a, a human being, like through the process and just like, and then like the shop and the smells and the conversations and the music like that all adds into this experience and it's not something that i want to take for granted you know i want to like make sure the vibes are just right for anything that anybody consumes of mine you know it's just like i don't know why we keep going back to the food analogies but i just want to make sure (laughs) it tastes right and i want quality control and i want Mm -hmm. i want things to be fresh and to feel good and i want that michelin star i want people to know that when you show up to a chris martin experience that you are going to enjoy yourself you're going to walk away feeling better like you're going to walk away feeling inspired you're going to see something new you're going to see something challenging like all of those things it's like but it's like i still want to make it to where it feels right for myself and i know that I feel like I'm kind of like the filter of the tasting. Like, I'm like, well, if I think this tastes good, then hopefully other people will enjoy this. So I feel like as like, as artists, we're kind of just like the chef, you know, like we have like our supplies, our materials, but at the end of the day, it's like, it's the taste, you know, like there's like other people who are still doing what I do. But what makes it taste different? What makes it look different? And it's just like, right now in my practice, I'm like looking at other artists that I admire and that I look up to. And I'm like, why does, why is their work hit like this? What? And dissecting it, you know, not taking anything for granted and being like, oh, they're like, they make things solid in this area. And then they leave contrast of skin tone over here. And that makes it really pop and that makes a difference when it comes to melanated skin like certain things register differently and it's just like that same contrast lends itself well to like fabric and just like not taking anything for granted and i think one thing that helps with building a style is like referencing yourself but also referencing just like a few other people that you just admire and just like really analyzing what makes their style their style because within American traditional tattooing is kind of based off of simplicity which like resonates with my background and graphic design just keeping things bold and simple but there's certain people where I see their work and I'm just like it's not anything 
crazy different, but I can undeniably say that that's their work. And I want people to say that about my work, but I want to know why it is that way, you know? And so like, I'll listen to other people's interviews and hear them give their tips and tricks and, oh yeah, like I use just one line weight throughout the entire tattoo. And when you use different weights of lines, it gives like a different feeling. And I'm just like, oh, interesting. And I was like, I'm not trying to be like them. I'm just trying to be the best version of myself and pick little pieces from other people that I admire to make myself my best self. And with these forms of art making that they also overlap into like a highly skilled craft, like there are tools of the trade and tricks that have been established that it's helpful to get an, an idea of what it's about. And I was thinking earlier as you were talking, like at the end of the day, and not that you're only working with uh, like tattooing or sewing, but it's like you're an artist that is working with a needle powered by a machine. And really, it's your hand that's doing the work. And it's your taste and your influence and your design that's happening. And whether that ends Mm -hmm. up on a massive banner in a gallery, museum, or, or some other space, or on someone's skin, like the impact can still be the same Mm, exactly yeah and there's like all these small parallels that like you mentioned like you're dealing with needles like the sewing machine and the tattoo machine like it's like a it's just a needle that's making an up and down motion and like depending on how fast i move my hand depends on how solid the tattoo line is in comparison to like if I'm doing like a line on like a fabric piece, I can control that speed and how like how solid that line is as well with the control of my hand. There's like these interesting parallels and they they overlap in a way that's like I've learned that is satisfying and they don't necessarily take away from one another. They enhance one another. Now I'm I'm kind of like at a point where I know these things, but as I'm venturing into new new platforms of genres of art, it's just like, I don't know the relation to this. This is different. This has no feeling. I don't I don't know how my taste buds register with this as they do to everything else. And I'm kind of I'm kind of nervous, kind of like self-conscious if like this thing that I'm creating is actually what I want it to be. So like trying new things like with music and video, it's like people don't know me for that. So I can honestly do whatever I want and it's like a clean slate. So it feels good and liberating in that sense that nobody knows or really expects anything of it like they don't they haven't heard anything from me in the past so and I think that's what's kind of like that's my procrastination at the point this point because it's like oh wow I'm kind of nervous like I don't know if I want to like I want to present this but I want to be good and uh, at some point I'll make that dive but it's uh it's like I know that I'm I know I have the tattooing I know I have the fabric work but all these extra things 
I'm trying to like be kind to myself and be like, it's okay. Let's let's put it out there and uh, let's just hope for the best. I don't know. Yeah, I really appreciate hearing about where you are currently in terms of like building on your existing practice because I think one of the things that really drew us to your work was how multidisciplinary it was and you know we were really curious to hear how you were balancing and like how you view the relationship between all these things from tattoos to murals to like the more intimately scaled work to these you know enormous fabric pieces and so I think there's a really strong like conceptual and aesthetic through line through all of that work that we were, you know, excited to hear more about, but um, also like kind of holding space for that unknown and like the ways that you're kind of pushing your, the experimentation and like growing in new directions. And I feel like that's such a, I'm sure like, you know, every artist can relate to that point, whether you're kind of like leaning back on something that you're comfortable with or feel really skilled at or trying to like branch out into new directions and the kind of uncertainty that that brings, but hopefully a lot of growth too. And it feels like your whole career and story and like everything you've been talking about is just such a beautiful example of that. Like what happens when you just put yourself out there and like show up in different ways. Yeah. Cause it's, uh, I feel like if I, once I get it out there, then people will see the through line between the music and the banners and the fine art and all of this the whole experience that I'm trying to create because I mean in North Carolina before I even came to California I was primarily doing photography and it was like when I first came to California when I was like playing with that medium of textiles but it's like the people that knew me from back in the day with photography they're like oh like the fabric kind of feels the same. Like I get the same energy from it, you know? It's like like black and white photography with the banners. Like It's like, oh, there's like a through line to that. I get the same energy from one and the other. And just like, it's, it's interesting because when I make my art, it's like, there's like this interesting soundtrack that I feel plays out. And I want to create films that display visuals but I just don't have the budget for it yet. And it's just like, well, how can I work with my circle of influence to bring certain things to life? But it's like the banners, like they have like a soundtrack almost. Like it's like an eeriness. It's like there's violins, there's like a synth, there's like other ominous like like noises and like other things like occurring in the background and they just get louder as they approach. And I was like, oh, I feel like there is a through line between the fabric and the sonic sounds and the tattooing. And I'm at this infancy with it to where I'm still trying to figure it out and I don't have all the answers, but I know that that emotional through line is there. And I feel like people will eventually or maybe like initially pick up on that and what I'm trying to give out. It's like the things that I'm creating, a lot of them I have already imagined them in real life, in nature. And what I'm doing right now is just trying to work with the gallery. I'm working with the white walls with like a boxed environment. 
And it's like, yeah, that's cool, but it's not how I see it in my head. And I'm taking what I see in my head and I'm adding filters to it. And I'm simplifying it to a point where it fits in this box into a gallery to a consumer who can put it in their home. You know, it's just like, I'm trying to do the things that make it viable. I'm trying to stay afloat. <laughs> I'm trying to make money off of this. I'm trying to keep myself floating. And like, it's hard to say like, oh, you should put all of your energy into making what's fruitful. And it's like, no, it don't work like that. Like, that's not real life. Like, you have to think of like the realistic elements that go into the art It is like, how am I going to actually package this and get this to somebody who can who wants to consume this in their living space? Is this even something that fits in someone's living space? And that was like the biggest thing that was, I don't know what the word is for it, but with the ICA show, like there was like the collectors and they saw the work and they were enjoying it. But they were like, why did you make it so big? <laughs> I can't put this in my home. I'm like, dang, I... I uh, yeah, I didn't think about that. I was like, sorry, I kind of just wanted to make the art that I thought was awesome. <laughs> and I forgot about that point. And it's just like, I don't know if that's like the answer. If like, if I need to make the things that go into your living space, like, I just want to make the things that are awesome. And when I see the things in my head, like, they don't even exist in a gallery. Like, they exist in nature. They exist in, mm -hmm. like, the real world. Like, it was just recently I teamed up with my friends to work on their sailboat. Like, mm, this was, like, cool. a dream that I've had for, like, years. And just, like, seeing my work on, like, on a boat, like, like on the sail, like, as it catches wind, like... And it sparked from a conversation that was from a podcast. And oh, really? it was like the person who was recording the podcast was like, wow, your story about the African diaspora and how it relates to traditional tattooing and how that relates to the ocean mm. of sailors. And, the, and it's just like they were just like so like into the story and then he was like you know what me and my partner we have like this sailboat that we just bought oh, wow. um oh my god like you should come sailing with us this sunday and i was like yeah i'm gonna do that that sounds so awesome and i'm just like and like just through that connection we just started sailing and eventually he was like you know what i have like this tear in this sail do you want to patch it up and put some art on it I was like yes <laughs> wow like I've been asking the universe for this for many moons and you just answered my calls I'm just like yeah I'm gonna do this and then wow. like it was a process in figuring out how to put art on a sale because it's not I'm not sewing it's like essentially like a vinyl type of oh. situation and it's very unforgiving as you lay the design to it and I, and I had to mirror it on two sides. Like, I had to do it on oh. both sides of the sail. <laughs> so imagine doing something for the first time and having to do it perfect twice. And that was the challenge that I had. And it took so long. But 
it came to life just raising it into the air and like actually sailing with it like that was that was literally like the most profound connection i've had to any type of art mm. it was like we were we were sailing the whole day and like the wind apparently wasn't doing anything good and they were like do you want to try chris and i was like yeah sure i'll take the helm and so like i'm at the helm i don't know what to expect i'm just like okay they're like keep the thing within there's like this thing at the top of the pole and you have to keep the arrow within it because you're heading in a certain area of the wind and so like okay i'm trying to keep this i'm trying to keep it within that sweet spot and eventually the wind catches up and i'm like wow we kind of moving right now and they're like they're like yeah this is the best wind we've had all day you killing it i'm like i'm sweating i'm like i feel like i'm gonna tip this boat over like i'm so scared right now but it was like it's like the most profound feeling to like to move a boat captured by wind through a body of water like this is this that was that was it that was like my soul just like lifted to another place that that was never answered through a gallery and it's like yeah like that like things like that are the answer and and when i'm trying to like make this experience like i'm like okay well the best way that i can translate that is perhaps through a video seeing this sail through the water in nature drone shots uh, montage moments synths maybe like soft sounds of chains in the background to give you more context it's just like i can i can give you this feeling but it's only going to happen within nature mm-hmm. and yeah just like and other elements like with um with the arrows the arrows that have the scrolls attached to them with certain messages that whole idea for that series of work originated from just like this concept it's it's almost like i'm scoring a film mm-hmm. in my head and i'm trying to bring it to life in another way and it's like i see this i saw this like this image playing out and it was basically reference from this old design that i had where it was a noose and it was being cut by this arrow and just one second here are we gonna get a visual i think so listeners you don't get to see but we we will describe what we see <laughs> oh yes so okay this is oh wow just as like an example it's like it's like a very old design that i created and but it was so simple and it resonated with so many people and it's still to this day like my most tattooed design and it's just so strong and it resonates with so many people and I took a moment to not take it for granted. Like what I mentioned before, not taking anything for granted. Research your own work. Research, ask yourself your own questions. Like, why did I do that? Like, why did I choose that color? Like, does that color, what what emotional properties does this color have? And like, mm-hmm. it, am I like, it's almost like you're a therapist to your own artwork. 
So like I'm I'm like reimagining this piece. I'm like going back into it. I'm like, there's something else here. Like this resonates with too many people to not further dive into it. And I was like, interesting. So we have this arrow. It's cutting the news. But I'm like, but who's shooting this news? Like I mean, who's shooting the arrow? I'm like, and I'm like imagining like there's this scene. It's dark. It's this wooded environment. There's fog. There's like this person who's fighting for their life and out of nowhere through this mist cuts this like arrow and it's just like, and it just like clears like this, this rope in half and then it just gives this person a, a gasp of air. And I'm just like, but who is this character? Like, who is this masked person shooting these arrows? And I was like, I, I then like went back into like this narrative of American traditional tattooing I'm like, oh, there's like all these like cute little cherubs shooting like these arrows of love. I'm like, interesting. I'm like, well, what if it was like a cherub, but it wasn't like a love cherub. It was like this vexed cherub. Because in this world that I'm creating, it's kind of like this mirrored world where it's almost like an Atlanta episode where it's like, it's surreal and it, it it's like, you have to second look at glance at things and it's like is that how it was or it is time moving differently and just uh so like with this cherub i imagined it like instead of it shooting these lovey-dovey messages like i was like this cherub has things to say mm -hmm. this cherub is a poet this cherub is pissed like this cherub is like and like through that i was able to take all of these things that I had compiled within my notes in my phone. Like I've had all these different conversations and inspirations through podcasts, through books, through conversations and day-to-day -day life. And it would always just be like certain little things. And I didn't know what it was, but it was like this frequency. And whenever I heard it, I would just stop in my tracks and I would just have to open up that folder and I would just add that sentence to it. And eventually I had all these sentences and all these phrases that resonated in a certain way. And now I had like this means to bring it to life and through the scrolls and through the arrows piercing the walls. It's just like I was able to bring that message and I was able to score it from that piece that I had made. So now that I have that, now that I've made it into this style, it's like it needs to go back into the forest where it began. And like to create the scenes where you see these arrows piercing the trees with these long suspended messages of, of hope, of angst, of of hate, of love, and and of things that you don't even know where you stand in this conversation. It's just like things that are like kind of like yin and yang. It's just like I don't I don't know if this is a good or a bad thing. It's just like I want people to feel confused, liberated, and all of the other emotions when they read what these cherubs have to offer. And like the best way that I can package that is in a video right now. It's just like I've given the gallery display, but now it needs to move back to nature 
back to where it originally spawns in my imagination and that's what i'm trying to bring to life and it's like i see it with the drones with with all of the different like pans and everything and then i hear the music that accompanies it and i'm just like yes this is the next step this it's all the same through line yeah. it's the same art but if if i can like produce this in a way where like it comes across like uh like yes that's the next thing like and it's just like i just know it feels good and i just know that i have to just follow that that feeling you know yeah i'm so glad that we've gotten to talk to you at this like moment of genesis for this project because i feel like hearing you talk about this early stage of your creative process where you're like like finding these through lines and like pulling on all these threads and just combining them together and like remaining open and seeing where they go and like following your intuition and looking back on your own work. It all feels so tied to the way that you've been describing your whole life and career trajectory up to this point, which is just like, you know, like continuing to show up and like being generous and like following those threads and just seeing where they go and how that has like led into all these opportunities in the same way that now it's leading you into this new body of work. So I just love those parallels and I'm so excited to see where this goes and like how this manifests. And I feel like you've painted such a clear vision for what this is going to look like. There's like absolutely no doubt this is going to happen. And so I think we're just excited to see it come to life and where can people like where can people follow this journey and like see your work or possibly support I mean I think such a great like message throughout this whole podcast has just been that you never know what kind of connections are being made so if anybody wants to get in touch or offer something or support what's the best way to do that yeah I guess like the best way to keep up is through my website I have like everything linked there um through like social media and stuff it's uh christophermartin.info and you can find basically like you can book a tattoo there you can you can buy like some prints there you can uh see like upcoming shows that i might have other than that like the next best thing is to probably just like follow me on instagram crispy martin c-h-r-i-s-p-y martin and yeah i feel like those two are probably the best way that's awesome i'm so grateful that we finally had a chance to connect with you and just to hear more about your process and everything that you've been working on it's really been such a privilege and i feel like we've like I know personally had so many takeaways, just the philosophy and the emphasis on like taking care of yourself and people around you. And I'm just really grateful that we had a chance to get to know your work better. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. It's, uh, I sit with myself in these thoughts often, so it's nice to have like an excuse to, to share them. <laughs> That's all for today's episode of Beyond the Studio. 
You can find episode notes, images, links, and references over at our website, beyondthe.studio. While you're there, be sure to submit to our listener spotlight and sign up for our email list to find out about upcoming guests, events, special announcements, podcast giveaways, and more. If you love listening to Beyond the Studio, please leave us a rating and review and share the show with your creative community. Thanks! I like didn't even totally tell on myself before, but I will now. As I was going to take a sip of water, I was like, oh, I've got your sticker <laughs> right on my water bottle right now. <laughs> you got it from the flash sheet. Oh, that's tight. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I have like five <laughs> stickers on various things within reach. Big fan. <laughs> I still haven't used that sticker sheet yet. I'm just They're like, great on planners, sketchbooks. <laughs> <No> <laughs> I love <way>. it. <laughs> oh.